today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Really, all it would take is for the person, the, the subordinate, to say that that was not cons- consensual, even though it may have gone on for a while. But all that person would have to say that it's not consensual, and that's it. There, there would be complete liability under human rights laws uh, for the uh, for the manager, which is why a relationship like that is so problematic and, and risky. That's uh, employment lawyer Lior Samfiro, who's been on this program many times, uh, talking about uh, the employment aspect of this. Uh, we want to delve a little bit more into that because I think an awful lot of people have been following the John Tory story over the last couple of days and say, well, wait, wait a second, where are the guardrails? What are the rules here? Well, to that end, we're pleased to welcome to the program uh, Richard LeBlanc, who is a professor of governance, law, and ethics at York University. A professor, pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you so much for the time today. My pleasure, Bill. When people hear stories like this, and I've heard this reaction from a lot of our listeners, uh, was did not John Tory cross the line? And others are saying, well, what is that line? Uh, from from a, a legal and ethical standpoint, uh, when something like this happens, I guess a lot of people are saying, well, were any laws broken? Or are they social mores? Or is it a little bit of each? I uh, there's not a law broken, um, um, and I, but I do agree with uh, Lior that the problem here is uh, it's a subordinate with uh, a, a supervisor, and in this case, it's the chief executive officer. Um, uh, workplace romances have gone up in the last 10 years. They've doubled, in fact, and they've continued through the pandemic. So uh, best practices is for a company to acknowledge them in their code of conduct. And what they do is they do two things. They bring the potential for a conflict of interest, and they also bring the potential for allegations of sexual harassment, if it's a subordinate and an employee. So the way that companies are handling them now is uh, uh, through disclosure. Um, so that when when uh, a work, they're not, first of all, they're not outlawing them because that, that would be problematic and would push it underground. But they're saying, listen, if and when a, a romance occurs, disclose, a full disclosure so that we can, we meaning senior management can make adjustments. And if it's a subordinate and, an, a, a, and, a, and a, a supervisor, an employee, they might take the employee and put them in another department. If it's two co-workers, they might split those co-workers up. Um, and they're also, uh, Bill, asking now for what is called a love contract. And what that means is both uh, employees, uh, uh, either uh, supervisor and, and subordinate or co-workers, will acknowledge that the, that the relationship is consensual. And that uh, is an internal control that, that, that uh, provides cover to the, to the organization that in in fact it is a consensual relationship. What often happens in a in a supervisory relationship is that the subordinate may feel either positively or negatively incented to cooperate, um, and that could that could com- that that action alone could compromise uh, could constitute sexual harassment. So the way that companies are handling this is twofold: it's full disclosure, number one, and number two, these so-called love contracts that are that are gaining in popularity. Which is an interesting twist on this and, and probably news to an awful lot of people, I guess, Professor, that they'd actually do something like that. But talk to us about what Lior brought up here, about this, the power difference here. When you have an employer, in this well, in case it's the mayor, uh, and somebody else, but it could be any other, you know, it could be a sales manager as opposed to something else. Uh, is is the inference there that, 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 that somebody may feel compelled to become involved in this simply because if I don't, something could happen to me? Yeah, prima facie. I mean, the, the test is really, it's an objective test. It's not a subjective test. So prima, prima in first instance, it looks, uh, it's got the potential to appear uh, coercive. 
um, and that's a strong word, but um, uh, so uh, it, it is strongly discouraged in the workplace. We had, for example, McDonald's, the CEO, uh, had a relationship with a, a subordinate, and we had the same at CNN. Uh, the CEO had a relationship with subordinate, and in both cases, uh, they were they were terminated. And it's not the relationship with the subordinate per se; it's the lack of disclosure um, that. And, and this this holds true with Mr. Tory as well. Uh, uh, he had uh, 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 he developed this relationship and and elected not to disclose. So oftentimes, it's it's uh, what catches people flat footed is that you have not uh you have not disclosed that's that's uh, the the bigger issue so it's a it's a difference of power and, and number one and number two it's the lack of disclosure that really compounds the issue you, you talked about these new contracts that are coming into play right now though uh, richard and uh as, as a way to try to deal with circumstances like this uh is it also causing some of these companies to to review and maybe uh, rethink the, their codes of conduct because some companies stick by these pretty truly but clearly uh th th there might be a mindset right now that hey maybe this is out of date yeah i, I you're exactly right and, and i looked at the toronto city council code uh, it is out of date. It's not robust. It doesn't give examples. It doesn't, for example, include ro ro workplace romances. And in a political uh, uh, realm, you're often surrounded by staffers. Staffers tend to be, they're called staffers. They tend to be younger. They're in their 20s and 30s. Um, they're, they may be, you know, less experienced. Ob obviously, they want to get the political experience, so they they cost less. Um, that that tends to open up the potential for romances that 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 may not occur in a corporate environment. For example, the CEO normally CEOs are in there uh, from from the age of forty five to fifty five, sometimes fifty eight. They their direct reports tend to be colleagues. They tend to be people similar in age. So th there may be less uh, plausibility of a workplace romance with a with a, a younger individual in a corporate environment versus a political environment. So good codes now, Bill. Are are drafted by independent experts. They're they they're they're given examples of, of what to do in a workplace romance. And again, if this has increased tenfold, then you you you'd be a fool not to have it in your code because you're just ignoring it. So if and when it does happen, there should be uh, guardrails. I think as 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 you have said, uh, and internal controls and actions and disclosure to make people comfortable with the the presence and the possibility of a workplace romance, which is. Uh, it's a behavioral issue. You can't outlaw it. So what you do is you you provide those guardrails in a good code. It's it's an interesting dynamic, I guess, uh, when you look at this. And and I know that we talked about the power imbalance and how that can lead to all kinds of problems. Uh, you know, uh, negative influences. You know, missing or getting passed over for promotions, etc. And the other side of the coin is, of course, getting promotions. Whether you just, but there's a there's an there's an attraction to that power imbalance for some people, though, isn't there, Richard? Uh, because especially in a situation like this with politics, there's usually uh, type A sorts of people. They're performers, and you know, if they're up at the upper levels in management or in, even in, in political office, which I guess is, is a reality that, that management's going to have to understand and, and acknowledge to say that, look, it, it can happen here. I mean, the, you know, this is Toronto City Hall. It could be happening in your workplace right now, too. Yeah, it it, it happened with, you know, the, the first instance that was public was President Clinton and Miss Lewinsky, yeah. which was she was much younger. It happened with Governor Cuomo uh, in New York. It it, it certainly in, in political dynamics, it's it's likely uh, to happen, it, it uh, you know even uh, staffers at at uh, at the parliament at, at uh, in in Ottawa in Toronto, it's happening in 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 corporate workplaces. So uh, we saw that with McDonald's and with CNN. So the sooner the code acknowledges a good code, always says, listen, 
here's what can happen and here's what to do if it happens. It shouldn't be like the city of Toronto that is so superficial that it doesn't give uh, proper guardrails if and when it does happen. That's a poorly designed code. So I think one of the lessons here is, well, a couple of lessons is number one, workplace romances are happening. And they're not necessarily inappropriate, uh, but they but they could be if it if there's a power differential and there should be guardrails in the code of conduct to provide for this. So I think that's the sort of teachable moment from from all of this. Uh, Interesting dynamic, changing dynamic, and and I think it's been an eye opener for an awful lot of people. So glad you had some time to talk to us this morning and, and give us that perspective on this, Richard. Thank you so much for this. My pleasure, Bill. All the best. Take care. That's uh, Professor Richard LeBlanc from uh, Law and Ethics course, of course, at York University. And uh, uh, it's I can see HR departments all over the place right now saying, look, maybe we better sit down and go over this stuff again. You know, nobody wants to be in a situation like this getting publicity for all the wrong reasons. But I think they have to also accept the realities, as the uh, good professor just mentioned to us. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.